Hey, we're down to our final month to register. Make sure you register for Coaching You Live VIP Experience in Las Vegas, August 7th and 8th. It's going to be an incredible thing. The lineup of our faculty to teach is incredible. So many head coaches in the NBA, top assistants. Uh, remember, go to coachingyoulive.com forward slash 2021 to register. $399, courtside seating, notebooks, shirts, everything that you can imagine, food and, and drink. This is a learning experience that those of you who've come before, you don't miss. We only have 100 seats and we're down to a few. Make sure you register coachingyoulive.com forward slash 2021 to register. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. I'm telling you what, if, if you're a basketball coach, men or women, player development is the key. The premier player development coach in the NBA for the last decade is Phil Handy. He has taken more teams to the finals at Cleveland, Toronto, and the Lakers than any other coach. His streak was as long as LeBron's, and then he left LeBron, and he went to Kawhi Leonard, back with LeBron now. His insight into what makes a player, how to connect with them and how to get them to perform is priceless. After this short time out, we're going to come back with Phil Handy of the Los Angeles Lakers. Hi, this is Brendan Sir. I'm talking to coaches, PE teachers, ADs, and camp directors because I'm so excited to announce our newest Coaching You podcast partnership with my friends from 360 Hoops. What if I told you that I've witnessed the most innovative game, training, and exercise for kids that I've seen in decades? 360 Hoops takes up less space than traditional basketball and allows for more players to get involved in developing their basketball fundamentals. The three-sided basket is attached to wheels for easy transportation and can adjust from 7 to 10 feet. The uses are endless, from elementary and middle school recess to physical education class that can also be used for team practice and skill development training for teams with players of all ages. For more information, visit www.play360hoops.com. To learn more about this new innovative product, make sure you mention Coaching You for a 10% discount. Hey, welcome to another Coaching You podcast with the coach, Brendan Sir. And today, an incredible guest, someone I've wanted to have on forever, Phil Handy, the assistant coach of the Los Angeles Lakers. I, I'm still going to say you're the world champion Los Angeles Lakers until we crown another one. How's that sound, Phil? <laughs> hey, man, I love the sound of that, Brendan. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here with you. And, and before that, the world champion, the Toronto Raptors. <laughs> and before that, four times in a row, NBA finalist. And a, and a champion in Cleveland. My God, you got more <laughs> hardware than I do, brother. Well, I'm trying, brother. I'm trying to. Uh, I'm trying to collect as much as I can. Well, uh, to to bring our, our our listeners in 150 countries around the world, in they're mostly coaches. Uh, Phil, um, I got an opportunity to coach against Phil when he was a first year 
pro player, and damn, he was mm. good. He was really good, and I loved him. And you can just tell when there's some guys that you coach against that are going to be special, and I could see it in you, my friend. I'm so glad, and I love every time I get to see you on TV. I'm saying it's so encouraging to see what you've done with your, you know, with your career. Yeah, Brandon, I appreciate that. Um, I guess I, I remember the very first time I ever ran into you, and uh, you actually – are one of the coaches, Brendan, that really had a positive – you had a really a positive take on me in terms of what I could be as a pro, you know, because you were somebody that had many years of coaching the NBA, dealing with high-level players. You had seen it, and, you know, I was a young guy that wasn't sure if I was good enough to have a pro career. And, you know, we've never had this conversation, but right. you you played a huge part in, in me believing that I could have a career – and and really going on to to do it for ten years, so I want to say thank you yeah. for 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 that because I wouldn't be sitting here right now as well. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. When we talked about this earlier, um, you know, it meant so much to me because I think that's the influence you can have in coaching. And I know you've had this over so many players in your life mm. that you've been mm. in a huge, the most influential person in a player's life is usually their coach, unfortunately, more than their mom and dad sometimes. Correct. And, yeah. And so UB Brown was mine. He was my high school coach, you know, and, mm. and, 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 you know, he's 88 years old now. And when we, I never forget when we went to uh, Chuck Daly's funeral uh, a few years ago in uh, Florida, UB flew in because they were on the same college coaching staff together and, they're dear friends, and, and I remember he said to my son, who was a college student at the time, he, he turned to him and said, your dad was a great player, and he, but he's an incredible coach. You're a lucky kid. And I was like, and I was like, I was mesmerized. I couldn't believe you he said that. And my son said, Dad, he really thinks you're good. I said, what about you? He said, I didn't think you were that good, <laughs> you know. It was, it, it, you know, and so it, it, the words that come out of our mouths to people, you know, have an incredible influence. So I just love what you're doing with young people. And, and you work with you work with kids all the way up to pros, the best pros in the world. What, what's wired you to do that? You know, Brennan, when I, um, I went through my, my pro career and I, re I retired in Australia in 2003, that was the last place I played. And while I was down there at the end of my career, I started working out with some uh, some local kids, the fans. You know, they they really wanted their kids to get better. I started working out with a handful of kids, and I loved it. Like, I absolutely loved watching these kids come in for an hour, and they were, like, soaked in. They, they were locked in. And I think that was the first opportunity I had to have a taste of what it's like to, to be a coach in some sense. Mm -hmm. But more importantly, what is it like to to share and inspire somebody else and help them gain confidence? Man, I walked away from those sessions and then just feeling like a different person. And, you know, that kind of just led into after I retired, I started working with kids and I did it for 13 years. I started a training business and um, it just blossomed and I found my calling. I felt like that's what I was I felt like that's really what I was put on this earth to do is is to help inspire people through the game of basketball and it just kind of took an organic organic path for me it just really mushroomed into a big business um and i just always believe that 
again, as a coach, I look at coaches as as people who you are really giving large parts of yourself to other people so they can be successful. And I don't think there's a there's a greater feeling in the world to be able to serve the greater needs of the athletes that we work with, young and old, and help them do something better with their lives. So the youth are really, for me, where I started, and they're they're actually what keep me going to this day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I've seen you have great pictures on your website and stuff, and I, I just love, you know, you know, you have picture of Kobe and his uh, daughter, right? You know, yeah, working, working with her. Yeah, yeah, man. Gigi was. I mean, obviously, we all know who Kobe was, but sure, you you could tell she was following in the footsteps of her dad, and not in the sense of that he was forcing her to play. Yeah, she had she had her own love for the game, and uh, you know, I had an opportunity to work with her. A few times and her fire was just there she 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 was a sponge and uh you know that's a it's a sad story that's affected all of us unfortunately but you can tell that she was <laughs> she was gonna be she was gonna be something to deal with you know it's amazing and what a tribute to yourself is that um you know and having coached you know when you coach stars um mm. you know and they have children mm-hmm. like when someone like Kobe or LeBron would trust you with their son or daughter, there's no mm-hmm. higher compliment. I, I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, that's the most, one of the most important things in people's lives, right? The, the growth and development of your children. Right. Um, so yes, absolutely. Talk about, um, what was the key break for you to get back in the NBA? How did that happen? Cause in life, I think we all need, Coach K calls it opportunities, you know, mm-hmm. and people to believe in us. I thought, you know, mm-hmm. when he retired a couple of weeks ago, he said that so well. His whole life, since since he was a high school student, he's been blessed with opportunities of people that believed in him. And I think that's so important. But what was the opportunity that gave you a shot? Man, absolutely, Brendan. Um, in the course of running my business, you know, I ran it in the Bay Area. Um and some years into getting more popular with the business, I started working with uh, colleges. Mm. So I started I started training St. Mary's College, which is in Moraga, a uh, real small private school, but they had a great basketball program. And uh, the head coach, Randy Bennett, uh, we became like really great friends. You know, he loved the work I was doing with his guys. And him and Mike Brown were college roommates. I didn't know that. So Randy is a guy that's helped a lot of people. You know, he, he helped Lloyd Pierce get into coaching in the NBA. Mike Brown also hired Lloyd Pierce for the first time. And me and Lloyd used to do a lot of workouts with uh, with Randy's program. And so Mike hired Lloyd Pierce in Cleveland. And then some years later, Mike uh, obviously took the job with the Lakers. And Randy was so adamant about me coaching at the NBA level. He said, you need to he said, you need you need to be up there. You're you're, you're great at what you do. Mike Brown would, would love to have you. And Randy was really the caveat to that. He he just really loved, loved the work and the energy that I brought with his program. And, and as you said, you know, he, his relationship with Mike was was, a, was a, what, what allowed the opportunity to come to life. And Mike didn't know me. <laughs> he didn't know me at all. That's so cool. Uh, but, but he trusted Randy because of their relationship and and some of the other previous coaches that Randy had put him in touch with. And, and so that, that's how that opportunity started for me. Randy was just a really – a big advocate for me and, and uh, Mike believed in it. And he pretty much hired me on the word of Randy Bennett. 
It's amazing. So many people out of that uh, University of San Diego, you know, right. that, that coaching tree, so to speak. You know, they're, yeah. they're so powerful, the guys that we've had in the league about that. And uh, David Patrick, who is at the St. Mary's coaching tree with yeah. Randy, yep. uh, is, you know, and, and the funny thing is, I know so many people in the tree, but hmm. I've never met Randy Bennett. <laughs> and that's the guy I want to... And, and you know, and he has that facade when you watch him on TV during the game that he's going to yell at me if I call him or scream at me. Brennan, <laughs> one of the nicest dudes you ever meet. Everyone says he's got so much charisma. He's an incredible human being. His relationship skills are off the chart, but I'm scared to death to even call. And, and I said, DP, you got to set it up, man. You know, and <laughs> so it's so funny. But everyone I talk to raves about him, and that, and that is so great of him that he does that. Talk about Mike Brown, if you would, because I'm a huge Mike Brown fan. Yeah, man, Mike Brown to this, you know, he's 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 like my he's still my big brother, mm. mentor. You know, just a great great human being first and foremost. Um, you know, when Mike brought me on again, he didn't know me, but, um, he really just allowed me to grow. He gave me the opportunity to grow as a coach. And he was, what I loved about him, Brennan, is he was, he's one of those guys that Mike is so organized, you know, from A to Z and, and that's what's made him successful as a coach. You know, he leaves no stone unturned and he really tries to be organized in everything he does. And for me coming into the NBA as a young coach, I think that's the best environment that I could have been in to to just learn and grow terminology, learn and grow about defense, learn and grow about putting practice plans together, learn and grow about putting your scouting reports together. He was so detailed in all of those things that he forced you to really organize yourself. And to this day, man, I, I just a lot of my coaching philosophy has come from him uh, on both sides of the ball and especially on the defensive side and just you know, trying to bring uh, understanding of how to build a defense. But Mike is just, he's a great mentor. He's a great big brother. And his coaching tree is very big. Yes. You know, there's a lot of coaches that have coached with him and that have went on to be head coaches and, you know, are, are top assistants in the NBA. And now I just, um, I can't speak enough volumes about what he did for me in my career and just in terms of mentoring. And, you know, and talking about probably some difficult things a lot of people don't want to talk about, you know, the politics of, of surviving in the game and, mm -hmm. and, you know, and all of those things. He, he really helped me navigate all of that stuff to be to be where I'm sitting today. And, and so I still I call Mike on a regular basis and still, you know, extract knowledge from him and, and get advice from him. And, you know, we go to dinner as much as we can. And so he's um, you know, he's a part of my life forever, man. I think he's got a shot of being back as a head coach in this league. You know, I do too. I, you know, I, I thought he too. was going to be be one last summer, uh, but I really think right now he's in a prime spot to get one. Now, when you went to the Lakers, was that the time that Mike was there for five days, five games? <laughs> well, he hired me in 2011, right? Which was uh, which was the first year after Phil Jackson uh, right. retired. So we had the full season. Yes, we had the right. full season, 2011. And then the next year, I was still there. Um, we had all those injuries. And, you know, our season didn't start out as well. You know, we had Steve Nash and Dwight Howard and all these other pieces that came in. And, you know, the high, you know, the expectations of what what that team were to be, it just didn't start out that way with the injuries. And, yes, unfortunately, they, they let Mike go within five games. Five of the season. games. 
And is is that when Mike D'Antoni came? I'm trying to remember. Yep, yeah. So first, Bernie Sticker, Bernie Bickerstaff took over, right, for about for about five games, and then they brought in Brady brought in Coach D'Antoni, and uh, you know that was that was when he took over as the head coach for the Lakers. Yeah, and uh, you know, and and Kobe and he had a relationship from USA basketball, mm-hmm. and uh, but it's so interesting. Uh, somehow it didn't mesh like they thought it would, right? I mean, Brendan, you coached for a long time. Thank coach, you. You know, so, sometimes, sometimes you know, relationships between a head coach and players and the organization sometimes they just don't work. Yep. And and there's a lot of factors in that, right? Injuries. Um, what does the roster look like? And I think the Lakers were really in a in a phase of that. That was the beginning phase of rebuilding, yep. right? You know, Kobe was kind of at the end of his career. And they, and again, the injury to him that season, I think, was was kind of like the snowball effect of of all the things that, that took place for them over over a 10-year span. And uh, it's just one of those things. Sometimes sometimes things don't work out, um, even for great, for great coaches and great players. And also, when, as you know, when you're an assistant coach, um, the relationships are never better. Well, when you, when you move over eighteen inches, all of a sudden you <laughs> tell the guy to sit his ass on the bench. <laughs> you know, and, and you t- and you, ah, they they start to look at you yeah. like you got horns coming out of yeah. your head. Huh? <laughs> exactly. All of a sudden, when you're working with Kobe on his shot, there's no problem. Yeah, take that step back. Yeah, let's try that. You know, let's work on that hard move. And then the next thing you know, you're the head coach and say, "What the hell are you doing taking that shot?" You know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I'm I'm sure Coach D'Antoni's going through that right now, where you know he's probably enjoying being an assistant this year. You know, because it, you don't when those three guys are healthy, you're a hell of an assistant, man. I tell you what, but what, you know, sure. you know, and sure. uh, but uh, Mike is a great coach, and his style of play has just been incredible in our league and a huge influence. I think he's one of the most influential people in my all my years in the NBA of what he's done to the game. I really do. Yeah. He's, um, I mean, when he came in with Phoenix, I mean, he, he really brought mm-hmm. um, a fresh perspective. I mean, I think, you know, Don Nelson was somebody that always believed in playing fast and small ball type of thing. But, you know, Dan Tony brought a little bit of a different flair to it. Um, you know, being in Europe for so many years, Yep. Uh, you know, he really brought and brought a different edge to the game. And that a lot of people have uh, have tried to adapt over the years. So uh, when Mike and, and you stay this year, what, now tell me that the next move is to Cleveland. Then, yeah. So 2000 uh, after 2013, you know, Mike obviously took about a year off, and then he got hired with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And um, I remember, you know, towards the end of that season. Uh, that same year he got fired, towards the end of that season, Mike had called me and said, hey, I'm, I'm working on something. and uh, You're one of the first guys I want to hire. Wow. Um, and he kind of laid out the whole Cleveland plan to me and what his vision was. And he really was just like, listen, I think having seen you work with our guys in L.A. and the relationship you built with Kobe, he said you would be great, a great mentor for Kyrie Irving. And I didn't know Kyrie, you know, didn't know much about him. And he's really sold me on the vision of, of coming there and helping build uh, a piece of development and developing the younger talent and really just honing in on, on building a relationship with Kyrie and helping him become a better pro. And, you know, it really, 
it sounded really intriguing. Again, I always I trusted Mike. He he gave me my first opportunity, and it seemed like things in L.A. were so up in the air. wasn't The organization wasn't sure what they were going to do. And, and I I give a lot of credit to Mitch Kupchak, who was my GM at the time, because he actually called me into his office and said, "You know, we love you here. You've done a great job. You know, the way you work." He said, "But I'm gonna be honest with you. This is an opportunity that I think you ought to really look at and take." And he was advising me to to uh, to really seriously look at the job in Cleveland because he thought it was it was a great opportunity for me. And I, to this day, I still sure. uh, I'm thankful because you know GMs don't have to do that. Heck no. Uh, and Mitch was he was really great about it, man, and 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 helped me feel okay. And and so you know I went to Cleveland for five years, and unfortunately. <laughs> You know, after our second year, first year in Cleveland, uh, you know, the Cavs let Mike go as well as the head coach. Yeah. Hold that thought because we're going to take a quick time out and we're going to come back to how to survive a coaching change, (laughs) (laughs) which is a unique talent. And we'll be right back. (laughs) We're thrilled to have our longtime partners and friends at Dr. Dish Basketball on board as sponsors of the Coaching You podcast. Dr. Dish machines are undoubtedly the most user-friendly and advanced machines in the world of basketball today. Dr. Dish has completely revolutionized and reimagined the shooting machine to provide the best solution on the market. Join top programs around the world like Duke, North Carolina, Florida, and countless others and upgrade your shooting machine to Dr. Dish. Dr. Dish machines are the best way to increase purposeful reps in your program to get players better, faster, while tracking progress along the way. Dr. Dish provides so much more than just your standard shooting machines with custom training, pro trainers, and coaches on demand, real-time and detailed analytics, and top-of-the-line drills and workouts. If you're looking to take your program to the next level, look no further than Dr. Dish for the best basketball training machine in the world. If you have an old machine that's just collecting dust in your gym, did you know that you can trade that in to Dr. Dish for up to $1,500 off and get a new dish? Make sure to give our friends at Dr. Dish a follow at Dr. Dish B-Ball on Twitter and Instagram for great daily drills, workouts, tips, and inspiration. Or contact us at drdishbasketball.com. Don't forget to mention Coaching You or our podcast for $300 off your purchase. Prepare like the pros with the new Fast Draw. Fast Draw is the number one affordable coaching tool used by pro and high school level teams worldwide. With Fast Draw, you can save your plays and playbooks digitally, attach video and share with other coaches and your players in seconds. In addition to a great product, they also provide basketball coaching content and resources through their blog and play bank which features over 8,000 free plays and drills from their online coaching community. For access to these plays and more information, visit FastModelSports.com or follow them on Twitter at FastModel. Don't forget to use promo code CU10, that is CU10, to receive 10% off your next FastModel purchase. We're back with Phil Handy. Uh, Phil, you know... Uh, it, it, and I mean that sincerely, you know, uh, many people, uh, with the coaching staffs are much larger nowadays, but when a new coach comes in, 
Now they seem to be giving him free reign. They're not worried about existing contracts and stuff like that. If the guy wants to bring in all new people, you know, or sometimes they'll say, hey, we want to keep these three or something. But uh, you have to have special qualities and personality and everything to be able to get along with a new regime. Uh, how did you find that when you know, after the change with Mike in Cleveland? Man, Brent, I, I really... My first, you know, obviously I experienced it in L.A. And for me, I didn't know what to do or what to think. I was I was really like, man, I just got here. And, you know, it was my first opportunity to coach in the NBA. And the best advice Mike Brown gave me, he was like, hey, Phil, listen, this is part of the business. This is what happens. Keep your head down. Lock into your job and do whatever responsibilities your head coach gives you. This is not about me. He said, no, your loyalties to me don't. He said, do your job. Now it's about you doing your job. And that was the best advice I could have taken, Brendan, because, you know, the head coach that came in, I wasn't – Mike D'Antoni came in. I wasn't necessarily trying to become buddy-buddy with him. I just wanted to show him how I work and whatever directives he gave me, wanted to show him that I would complete those above and beyond. And, you know, the same thing – when David Black came in, um, it was the same type of scenario. And really, when Mike gave me that advice, I just really followed it. And I think just understanding that the business we're in, what's the saying, Brendan? Coaches get hired to get fired. Yep. <laughs> so, unfortunately. Unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately yep. You know, just understanding that whatever happens, it's all about doing your job. And I've always been someone that's, you know, connected well with players just through the work that we do on the floor. And so I, th- I think that my value has always been there in terms of, uh, you know, being able to help players get better and, and doing whatever I can to help the organization be successful. So that's just the mindset that I carried. And, and you know, I've, I've had a few coaches get fired and, and yep. been able to survive them all. One of my sayings in in coaching when I, let's say, do a clinic, I, I, you know, I, I tell people, you know, they say, oh, boy, you know, you, you had such great players. It was easy to win. And, I, and I'll say, you know what, the hardest thing to do in coaching is to coach great players. The easiest thing to do is to coach, frankly, bad players because they'll do anything you tell them. You just won't win. But, you know, they'll do anything you say. But coaching great players, you know, and I, I don't care if it's Isaiah, Kobe, LeBron, Kawhi, they challenge you because it's like teaching a class in advanced placement in school. You know, they're so bright. They know what's right. And if you don't know what man. the hell you're doing, they're going to call you out on it. Man, Brendan, I love that. I love that challenge, though. I learned that. You're absolutely right, Coach. I think one of the biggest misconceptions, right, is that those guys don't want to be coached and that they they know everything and you can't tell them anything. They're so, comp- they're so polar opposite of that. They want to be challenged. They want to be pushed. And they want to work with people that are, are carrying the same – desire to win and compete and be great and coaching Kobe is absolutely that right there Mm -hmm. what you said coach about understanding and studying your opponents knowing what we need to do on the offensive and and defensive side of the ball and just having a game plan right they want to know that the coach coaching staff has put in the time just like they're putting in the time to be as great as they are on the floor Um, and, and I've always looked at that as a great challenge because they do they push us as coaches to be to be on top of our game just like 
we're trying to push them to be on top of their game. I think it's a great, a great balance of what great coaches do and what great players do for each other. I often say that uh, if you don't have credibility, um, you're going to have a t- tough time connecting with guys. And also, if you can, just as you said, Phil, if you can't help them win, uh, then they're going to go to the next guy to help. <laughs> Is that <laughs> quick? Very quickly, right? Quickly, coach. Yeah, I mean, I mean, real quick. <laughs> uh, I'm laughing because I think you know, coach. But but again, that's I think that's where um, you look at coaching and playing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there is parallels between that because as a coach, if the players are not helping you win, what are we going to do as coaches? Get new ones. We're gonna we're gonna go to the next player. Yeah, and it's the same. People don't really understand those universes are connected. And the relationships between coaches and players are really important to be on the same page in terms of how do you move towards winning. That is that is so important and it's and it's overlooked. You know, people people overlook that that key element of what you just said about if, they, if you're not able to help them win, they will move on to the next one. And, and coaching is the same way. I mean, we're in the business of sport to win. Yep. That's unfortunately, yeah, it's a sport, but you know, when you get to this level, it's all about winning. You know, um, I remember when Doc uh, got Kevin Garnett, uh, the the, fir- the first thing that he told Doc was, don't be scared to coach me. I demand that you coach me. How about that? Mm. I, mm. I demand that you coach me. And this is a guy that's been in the league at the time, probably 10 years, you know. And, yeah. you know, and he's a star star. And, you know, at that point, he had made the most money in NBA history. I'm not, you know, because of some contract things he had in Minnesota, and uh, before the mega contracts have come in, you know, and 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 to have a player demand to be coached, that's like a dream. But another statement, and I think it's important for our coaching listeners to understand, is that because you've coached, you know, three of the, I think, most iconic. Well, actually, I'm going to add Kyrie to that, mm. right? You know, he's maybe, you know, I mean, everyone's raving about CP3, but from a talent perspective, there's no comparison. Talent. Yeah, I think he's he's one of the, he is one of the most talented players to ever put shoes on. Yeah, I mean, he's the guy that Isaiah and I talk about. He has so many Isaiah-type qualities, the, quick, the quickness, the ball handling, et cetera. <laughs> Uh, his ability to finish is like nothing I've ever seen. But when you work with these four iconic guys, the thing I would say without really knowing one of them, I really don't know them, Like, is that I have learned that you must coach every player differently. True? Yes, absolutely correct. I think every every player, no matter what level, but yep. especially those those guys, it's our job as coaches, right, to understand their personalities. Yep. Under things, understand the things that make them tick, and and even also understand the things that they may not like so much. Yeah. So to where we can, you know, hone in on those things too. Um, they're all completely different, completely different individuals and in how they approach the game. But there's one common denominator that I've always said about them is that they are the ultimate competitors. Yeah. They all compete and they 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 want competition at the highest level. So there are some of them that 
really don't want to be criticized when you're working with them. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Uh, I had one superstar who will remain nameless because he listens to every damn podcast that that every time I wanted to criticize him, he, he'd just like F you and he'd walk the other way on me. And, and, and so, and you can't call them out in front of the other players on the team sometimes either, right? They don't uh, want to be embarrassed, you know, but and that you must, you better know that. Uh, talk about Kobe's mindset. Everyone raves about it, you know, and you know, God bless him, you know, you know, the Mamba mentality, so to speak. And can you, as a guy that develops young players and pro players, can you do you try to insert that mentality into players, or can you not? One hundred percent, and I think, I think where people don't understand where Kobe got that mentality from, it started in his training, it started in his preparation. Right, how he trained his body on and off the floor, you know, in the weight room and on the court, how he trained his mind through through a lot of the books that he read and, and studying the game. You know, people just think the mom mentality is just something that just arrived. No, this this young man came into the league at the age of 18 and he developed himself into that through his work. And so his his work habits were insane. Uh, just in terms of how meticulous and detailed he was and how he approached working on his game, getting on certain, getting to certain spots on the floor. And, and Brendan, he might spend 45 minutes in one spot doing the same move for 45 minutes and being a full-on sweat because his thought process was, I want this particular shot to feel like part of my skin. I want I want to understand the complete DNA of this shot to where I don't even have to think about it doesn't matter if one person's guarding me or three people guarding me. If I get here and I shoot this shot, I'm going to make it. That's a, that's That was his thought process. And incredible. Not, a lot, not a lot of people really understand how much goes into that. And so having a, a mind that's locked into, I'm trying to perfect this game to the best of my abilities in terms of taking care of my body and how I approach my work, you absolutely can instill that in players and how you work every day. And I think that's one thing that uh, I really took from him is I was always a hard worker, but working with him really taught me and showed me like, okay, there's different levels <laughs> to hard work. It just really is. There's different yeah. levels to the, to the hard work you put in. And I was just beyond, beyond grateful, man, to, to learn uh, as much as I could from him, as much as I could help him. I was always trying to learn and, and yeah. soak up soak up as much information as I could. Hey, let's let's talk quickly uh, about LeBron. Uh, what makes him so special? Man, he's same. He's he's yeah. cut from the same he's he's cut from the same cloth as an MJ as a Kobe. Yep. Um and and he, he'll tell the story. I think there was one summer where him and Kobe were on the Olympic team together. Mm-hmm. Where he wanted to know what Kobe did every day. And I believe that he followed not followed, but I believe that he he kind of walked step by step with Kobe, and, and he was able to take a page out of his book. And I think what makes him so special and, and different, obviously MJ is who he is, right? Kobe is who he is, but LeBron is six foot nine, two hundred and seventy pounds. Wow! And he moves like a freight train. And to be able to have that size and and have, have that power, but also have some some quickness and gracefulness to you. And he's, uh, in my opinion, he's probably 
the best all-around player to ever put shoes on. From from his size to be able to play the one, sometimes play the five, um, and then just his work ethic. Brendan, again, he matches Kobe in that sense of he is in the weight room 365 days a year. He might take a day off the court, but he doesn't take a day off of doing something to his body. And that's why he's been able to maintain his career without crazy injuries. I mean, he got hurt this year, but yeah, that was you know, a freak he's, accident. He's yeah. his mind is he is his basketball IQ is so high. Yep. And then and then he's like, okay, I'm, I have this guy given talent. I'm not letting anybody outwork me. Phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. And and, and the guy that you know, I think is a little misunderstood because of what happened in San Antonio, Kawhi. He goes then to the Toronto, and immediately, you know, I think a lot of folks said he was traded there. It wasn't like he signed as a free agent. You know, <laughs> right. It wasn't like, hey, let me. I'm from San Diego. Let me go up and enjoy the great, you know, the great North, which I love. Actually, you know, one of my favorite cities in in North America. But it wasn't like on his uh, plans of vacation. I don't think. And he goes up there, and how did you guys convince him to buy in? Well, you know, um, Brennan, I don't know if I had initially anything to do with that because when I decided to go to Toronto, they still had DeMarcus Rosen. And uh, I left Cleveland having played against Toronto for X amount of years in the playoffs, right? And I, I looked at their team and I was like, man, okay, LeBron just left the East. This team is talented. They have an opportunity to compete to win the East. And that was part of my decision-making. Um, Interesting. So I got there. I got to Toronto, and two days after I signed my contract, <laughs> I woke up one morning to ESPN, breaking news. Kawhi Leonard has been traded to the Toronto Raptors, and that just kind of blew my mind, Brendan, because at that point, I, had been, I said, man, I've, I've had a chance to work with Kobe. I've worked with LeBron and Kyrie, and now this – you know, and again, I was I was excited about working with DeMar and some of the guys sure. that had on that team. And, and then Kawhi comes. And I just think for him, he had so much, um, so much of a bad year the year before. He just wanted to play basketball. That's all he kept saying. I just want to play basketball. I want to be get healthy and play basketball. Um, I'm going to give this organization 110 percent for as long as I'm here. And he never, never said I'm not coming back. But he never also said I'm going to stay here. He said, Look, I'm, I'm here to win. And he just brought that mindset on his own from day one. But then I think he. I think he wanted to prove to people that one, he wasn't wasn't a bad guy, but he also wanted to prove to people that he could still play at a high level. Um, and he just his approach every day was the same. He's he's built like those guys as well in terms of how he takes care of his body, in terms of how he approaches his work on the floor, and then you know his his film study. I mean, he's he's the same. He's built the same way. That's awesome. That is awesome. Phil, I can't thank you enough for doing this, man. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, <laughs> what a treat. How can uh, people that want to follow you, uh, what, what do you recommend that they, what's, uh, what website should they go to if they want man, to? Man, Brendan, here's the crazy part. Uh-huh. For, some, for somebody that's not a social media guy, <laughs> I, I'm on every platform. You know, there's Instagram, the real 94 feet of game. You can follow me there. I have Twitter, the real 94 feet of game. I have YouTube where I do a lot of video content, also the real 94 feet of game. So um, I have an app 
you know, 94 feet of game. So there's plenty of platforms where people can, can look me up and find me. And uh, on every one of those platforms, it's going to be pretty consistent of me just trying to share as much knowledge about the game as I can. You're a giver, man. That, that's what makes you so special. And uh, i tell you what, uh, what an honor it is to talk to a champion like yourself. I am so um, thrilled. Thank you so, so much. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. All right. And have a great off season, my friend. <laughs> wow. Well, you don't get it. I'm going to take this time. I'm going to take all this time and, and get all the rest I need. Thank you. This is one of my favorite sessions we've done in a long time because I just love what Phil Handy does as a basketball coach. If you're an assistant coach, you have a very high responsibility to develop the talents that's there to assist a head coach because it's all about taking the players that you have, whoever they are, and maximizing their talent. You just listen to the best in the NBA, Phil Handy. Till next week, this is the coach, Brendan Sir. Hey, we're down to our final month at a register. Make sure you register for Coaching Live VIP Experience in Las Vegas, August 7th and 8th. It's going to be an incredible thing. The lineup of our faculty to teach is incredible. So many head coaches in the NBA, top assistants. Uh, remember, go to coachingyoulive.com forward slash 2021 to register. $399 courtside seating notebooks, shirts, everything that you can imagine, food and, and drink. This is a learning experience that those of you who have come before, you don't miss. We only have 100 seats and we're down to a few. Make sure you register coachingyoulive.com forward slash 2021 to register.